Hello, welcome to AMO Kenzoku episode 10, uh, Conventions. We are a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who want an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any other related subjects we find interesting. Uh, the Kenzoku are Nick. Good evening. Mike. Hey, y'all. Dylan. Hello. And myself, Sam. Uh, this episode is being recorded on June 9th, 2022. Um, yeah, and we're talking about anime conventions. But before we get into that, uh, Nick has a game for us. What what you got for us, Nick? Okay, so instead of the uh, two tooths and the lie, um, I came up with a a new new game. So I'm going to name three creators, and then I'm going to name three anime and or movies. And you have to match the creator who worked on said property, basically. So uh, you, mm. you'll see where I'm going with this when I start, when I read off the creators. So the three creators, uh, I figured since we're all, you know, old time Gainax fans, the three creators are Anno, Im- Imaishi, and Tsurumaki. So I feel, oh. I feel like we're all fairly familiar with the, with the three of those, three of them and their, and their bodies of work. So the three properties are Berserk 97, huh. Redline, and, cr- huh. and Cream Lemon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. So match the creator with the property. So again, it's Anno, Imaishi, and Tsurumaki. And the properties are Berserk TV 97, Redline, and Cream Lemon. Feel free to discuss amongst yourselves. If you need, I, I'm willing to give minor clues if uh, if if you guys are completely lost. Oh man, uh, are we gonna do this team style or are we gonna go against each other? Because I'm not sure. I think we're all just gonna cheat off the whoever. <laughs> I mean, there's what there's more permutations than there are people. So I think even if you all try that, it would that you may end up still getting it wrong but i'll i'll let you guys decide if you want to try to tag team it go for it otherwise uh i think just, you know individual um well, guessing is is still fine can make our case uh, and then make our choices all right uh, so uh, yeah. lemon sounds like uh, on the... <laughs> yeah I yeah totally that one play mono for that. <laughs> <laughs> i don't he, he didn't make i don't think he made it but he was deaf i'm like I feel like he was definitely involved because I feel like we just ran to this crazy, awesome Japanese website. And I swear there was a thing in there talking about that and that like Anna was something in like in there. So I, I feel like that's something that he would have been involved in and like drawing some ridiculous animations or writing some crazy script or something for. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that makes sense. Animations air quotes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, hey, I mean, you know, sometimes they turn into animations and sometimes they turn into Project Echo. <laughs> so for those unaware, uh, I could be wrong, but I believe Cream Lemon is the f- officially the first, like, m- like produced um, adult anime, basically, ever right is am i am i right in that assessment i feel like it's the first one that had a production team behind it 
I mean, there were adult yeah. anime before that. I use adult loosely. It's, it was basically hentai, right? <laughs> so the first hentai OVA. Yeah. Yeah. Wikipedia. Yes. I mean, I'm going to throw anime rama at you. Fair. But anyway, uh, I I didn't mean to sidetrack you guys. So you so you guys think uh, Anno is cream lemon is and yeah. what about Imaishi and Tsurumaki? Uh, red line. I feel like Tsurumaki was on red line, but I don't know. I think I get Imaishi and Tsurumaki mixed up sometimes. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd say either the three of those two are, are seem the more homogenous for sure. Yeah. I so. Like I know, you know, like Ano there is Hideki Ano, and and Kazuya Tsurumaki is you know a long time Genaxer, and like I know Ish, I know Imaishi. What's like the thing that Imaishi is is like would be his most well known thing for? Because I'm blanking on that right now. I think. I mean, besides uh, Eva. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, wasn't he? He was the guy. Didn't he take the helm for? Grenlagon, he I was the series director for GL. Yes, that I think was his okay. first time at the helm of a series. He did key animation animating for Furikuri and Die Buster. Um, yeah. Okay, Dead right, that was the other one I was gonna say. Dead leaves. Yeah, I remember his yeah. stuff in mm-hmm. Furikuri. See, I was I was putting Imaishi. I was thinking it was. I was thinking that's what I had for Imaishi was like that style of stuff, which I definitely put with Redline, um, which then left. For me, left Sudramaki as involved on production for Berserk ninety seven. Um, I mean, yeah. I would say Ano oh, definitely not Berserk ninety seven because that's the same year that End of Eva came out. So there's no way that he I'm had. Busy. He was he was a little bit busy there trying to destroy the world. Eh, he he might have been phases. able to do a storyboard or two. You never know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He just you're just saying he worked on it. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean these guys true. are all workaholics. Let's be let's be real. These guys are amongst <laughs> probably the the most haggard uh, members of the anime creator community. So. Well, crap! Now, now you've got now you've got me thinking that Imaishi did storyboards for like a couple episodes on Berserk '97 because you know the dude can make some really good stuff, and that show is is awesome. Ooh, but then I'm like, one. Surumaki could either be a director, or producer, or something involved that way with either of those two. Yeah. The only thing we're sure of is that is that Ano definitely raised his hand to draw stuff for Cream Levin. Yeah, yeah, I think we're that one. Got to be. Age-wise, too, he just fits in better, right? Like, his place. They're all about the same age, I think, right? Plus plus or minus five years, probably. Yeah. Imaishi is, like, gotta be younger. Imaishi was born, and oh, yeah, you're right. He's about 10 years younger. He's born in 71, so he's, like, 10 years older than all of us. Yeah, I I think it's gotta be Anno on Cream Lemon with Imaishi on Red Line, and that leaves um, Tsurumaki on Berserk. So that if, feels the most expected answer going is, by their yeah, respective yeah, but <laughs> ages. It, well, I'm going with that too. All right. Well, I'll give you guys ten seconds to to final to lock in, just in case you know you want to <laughs> make last minute changes. But uh, I, mean, I personally feel like flipping Imaishi to Berserk '97 just because that feels unexpected. But go with um, it. Take your hold, hold, hold steady with your vote. I'm sticking. Yeah. I'm sticking with mine. Yeah, I'm sticking to my guns. So you guys are you guys all submitting independent answers then? I yes, guess so. Mike, like, give that, Mike a chance to, sure. to to give a unique answer. Okay, Mike. Final answer. 
Yeah, I feel like I am going to throw Imaishi in for Berserk 97 just for the hell of it as an early career wild card. I don't know. And so, yeah, leave the Ano obviously with the cream lemon and leave the other one as it is. Okay, so here are the correct answers. Anno indeed was a key animator oh. on Cream Lemon. Yes. Uh, great great uh, judgment call there by, by you three. Imaishi was a key animator for Redline. So very okay. good very good deduction. Mm-hmm. And did Tsurumaki, obvious. <laughs> and Tsurumaki was the director for Ep one of Berserk. Okay. Oh wow, director. Yeah. So okay. that uh yeah, I, when I saw that I was like, "Oh, I have to build a question around this because the the reason why I came up with this this format was I saw I just happened to see uh Onno um Onno's name pop up and I was reading it and it mentioned something about him key animating on Cream Lemon. I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait. What?" And I looked it up and it turned out to be true. So then I tried to find, you know, uh connections for others. Imaishi was pretty easy cuz that guy works on everything. And um <laughs> And then Tsunamaki and Berserk was just like the perfect fit. So, yeah, re- yeah, excellent job for your deduction skills, guys. You prove that you uh, understand the interworkings of these tortured and overworked <laughs> Gainax creators. So, well done. I uh, I applaud you. Yay. I mean, I fully knew they had the safe answer. I just wanted to be contrarian. Yeah, honestly, Mike, uh, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, you, you, I, I'll still let you have it because I know you, you basically swapped your mushroom soon. No, 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 Mike, you're a loser. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just have to take the L, and I knew I probably was going to, but <laughs> yeah. But damn, I gotta make it. I gotta make it harder next time. You guys pretty much deduce the hell out of this one. So <laughs> science, I'm talking science. <laughs> Uh, 16 episodes of Cream Lemon, which is astonishing. Yeah, it ran for a very, it had a long run. Um, I, I, I myself have not watched any of it, but I, I can have, I have a good idea of what it would be like. So I assume, <laughs> yes. I assume I, it inspired basically the rest of the format. Except mm. my understanding is at least a few Cream Lemon episodes were, you know, quite good and well animated. Yeah. From what I I'm hear. I'm curious. I'm I'm curious. I, I gotta say. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, our main topic today is conventions. Kind of picking up where we left off with our last episode. Um, but we just recently had a fanime in the Bay Area in California. And Mike, you went to this. Uh, the rest of us stayed out. But um. Yeah, I can't blame any wanna... of y'all for staying out. But since I had a rolled over badge from 2020. And since I'd promised a hotel room to someone, then I was kind <laughs> of committed. So what was it like? Uh, it was weird, um, just because a lot of things were confirmed as axed at the last minute, including major chunks of programming like the Masquerade, the Music Fest, uh, video rooms. All of those were totally wow. gone this year. So that's, left? that's like a third of the the programming content, I feel like, if not more. And then consider no Japanese guests except for one virtual one. So 
yeah, it was a different con. Um, panels, largely fan panels, plus the guest of honor that they had, which were more like cosplayer, YouTuber, American voice actor, the sort of things you would expect. Basically, Fanime's guest list without the parts that I mostly go for, if I'm honest. So I kind of ignored Guest of Honor panels this year. I probably shouldn't have, but... I mean, it's kind of been that way for a while for Fanime. They get like one or two Japanese guests. Yeah, and I usually enjoy hanging out and chatting with Giles Poitras after his panels, but he Uh, wasn't there this year. Uh, which I can't blame him for. How was the crowd there? It I, it was in places... Oh, gaming was running big this year. Like, they had a main stage for gaming-related content in the gaming room as well. I can't remember if they had that shortly before the pandemic or not, because I honestly wasn't poking my head um, into gaming too much. They did. They've branched the gaming outside of the traditional game room before. I remember my old, one of my last years, I want to say it was maybe 2014 or 15. Um, I remember they, you know how they have those like side stages, like for example, the stage they set up for opening ceremonies. It's not like in the, yeah. main, it's in the, it was kind of that, that sort of stage in the upper hall. Um, they yeah. had the, they had basically, I think the semifinals and finals for like the Fanime Street Fighter V tournament on there. And that was pretty cool to see. So Yeah, they basically turned that into, like, a gaming-focused equivalent of Stage Zero, more or less, mm, while the so, game room was open. So, oh, like, a while GDO? I, but, mm, while the game room is open is another big downsize this year. Nothing whatsoever was open between 2 a.m. and 8 a.m., I think. So it oh, really? was not a 24-hour con this year. Hmm. That's like half the appeal. Well, not half, well but, I don't know about. Big I mean, I, n- I never <laughs> took advantage of the twenty-four hour segment, but that I mean, could I be did, because but I worked. Not in so. a long time, so hmm. it's just fun to walk around. Um, yeah, I don't know. In the middle of the night, and there's you know you can go play arcade games if you want, or go out and go get a drink because a lot of food places are open super mm-hmm. late. Or like, yeah, I really like that but aspect. With all of that being cut, it's still largely felt like a fanime, just a fanime with a lot of things notably missing. Hmm, but interesting. all the cosplay stuff, you know, cosplay gatherings, which were all outdoors this year, seemed pretty packed. Um, were those formal cosplay gatherings or just in, or informal? Formal cosplay gatherings. Uh, they had a list of them, and they divided the outdoor space into, like, seven or eight different locations quote-unquote and had the gatherings at them it's kind of funny the one gathering i went to was the old school gathering just because i always i know the person who puts it on and always like seeing who shows up bringing old school this year though you want to feel old how much of the old school gatherings stuff was you know late 90s early 2000s i was gonna ask like (laughs) what's the definition of old school because that's perpetually shifting i feel yeah naruto is now old school oh god (laughs) oh yeah well no actually that actually i'm kind of curious about yeah like what is what is stuff where's kind of roughly the old school cutoff because i and like i I haven't I, i i have not been to a convention since i think sakura con 2007 
So it's one of those things where I'm like, I know is you it our conventions? Went to 2008, because that's the one SoccerCon I went to. Oh, okay. Well, then apparently made it 2008. Um, but um, oh, right, yeah, that would have been the last one I got to. So, um, are cons are they still largely um, driven by I'll say what I feel is often like college age stuff, or is it like shifting or spreading out more? Or um, I'd say fanime in particular skews young. I haven't been to enough other anime cons, though it was notable that fanime skewed younger than usual this year. Well, why don't you define young? Well, I mean, (laughs) young is relative, given that I'm in my 40s now, but it felt like our age, give or take, was about the oldest of the crowd that you saw there. I mean, that's also normal, but... Yeah, but I mean, you usually always have the gray-haired elders that are 10, 20 years older than us that can oh. be found certain places. And You're just talking about the averages down, not like not that there are more young people, but like the old people are missing, so... Yeah, I mean, they're just I mostly see. aren't the, you know, I can't... Bl- I assume that it's old people playing it safe. Some of it may be old people mm-hmm. hating the vax requirement, which they did clearly enforce. Yeah, I think Fanimaze was one of the stricter yeah, ones for Fanime that, for the kind of the strictest time policy that I've seen, which was must be vaxxed. If you're eligible for a booster, you must have that booster. And you had to wear your mask on indoors at all times, except like in two designated eating areas. Otherwise, quote, you're supposed to put the mask on between bites or sips, unquote. And I (laughs) felt like people actually were pretty good on the masking, given that, like, Obviously didn't see people following that 100%, but didn't see people really causing problems either. Yeah, for Bay Area, California, I think that's on brand. That does not surprise me a ton. Yeah, I mean, not that people didn't do other things, like, you know, the riskiest thing I got dragged into was a gathering of the current and recent members of our former college anime club. You know, uh risky as hanging out with 16 or so young people in a crowded-ish pizza place can be, which is... Ah, was it the, uh, was it the, at the same old, same old place? Uh, no, no, that one happened because a few of us were there, but it never, I think, an announcement about it percolated, so it turned out to just be like five of us for that. Let me guess, very old-timer members as well. Yeah, a few people you would know. Let's put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was... Fanime was largely Fanime, but with less guests and less people, but it's not like yeah, it died Yeah, I'm not sure how much the crowd was down. Um, and I am glad I got my badge Friday morning. Like, they did have some fiascos with the Vax check lines getting a little long. And I think at one point with them having to cut the vax check line because they were out of wristbands or something oh, wow. on maybe Friday evening, though I don't quote me on that. I did not hear that officially. It may just have been that they said, well, we have to close Reg. So if you're in this big old line to get vax checked so you can get to Reg, sorry, uh, you're going to have to come back check? tomorrow. <laughs> did they like... Because there's no like centralized 
Yeah, it was basically you either used the Clear app, which, yay, trusting your info to yet another shady data broker, (laughs) (laughs) or you proved it manually with your CDC Vax card plus photo ID. Uh The Clear app was the much faster option. Either way, once you proved it once, they'd give you a plastic wristband for the whole con, and then... You only had to show that in your badge to get back in. and So that initial line, though, did, I hear, get to like three-plus hours at one point. Holy cow. Yeah, that's an well, inevitability, that's right? Of, yeah. of Especially registrations already can take a long time, and if you're adding another basically second layer, that, that requires more scrutiny. It's going to take a lot yeah. longer. Well, they initially were expecting to then have a virtual queue on the other side of the VAX check for Reg, so... Once you actually got in, you were supposed to scan your a barcode and reserve a spot, but that turned out to have problems. Plus, I don't think it was necessary because on the other, the Vax check was the bottleneck. Like once you were through that, Phantom A Ridge was as fast as it has been for the last half decade or so. Once they switched to barcode scanners and printing your badge in real time and multiplexing, so you've got like one staffer overseeing one or two badge printers and something like eight or so computer scanning stations. So it really is way more efficient than, you know, a decade ago was the tail end of the LineCon era. Did they check the spelling on those uh, VAX cards? I don't know, because I honestly did the data broker clear app option just uh, yeah, to I cut too. down on hassle. Interesting. Well, that's, it's good to hear. I like Fanime. Um, it's a, I don't know, a warm con. I think almost they're there to just hang out. So I'm glad it's seems yeah. like it's doing okay. And I ran into a few people and it was really good to see them. But obviously just a lot of people I didn't run into. And that's kind of the nature of the beast at this point. Yeah, that's the fun. Hey, those chance encounters. Speaking of which... Um, between the four of us, we've been to a lot of different cons um, over the many ages. Um, do you guys have any like particularly good or even bad memories from cons that are worth uh, sharing? What about uh, Dylan? How about you go? Got anything? Uh, yeah, I don't remember if it was Sakura Con. It was either. No, it must. I think it probably was two thousand six or maybe 2007 uh but that was it was great because it was it's sakura cons the seattle convention and they had an incredible amount of great japanese guests and all of the the wee weeboos were not interested in them so i got to go to like all these panels with uh izubuchi and toshihiro kawamoto and um uh oh shoot the uh the VA who is uh Kyoko and Maison Ikoku and Nausika and um forget her name right now but she's you know like everything in the 80s um but like there'd be like 30 people in the room and if that same guest was at like AX or something it you know it'd be like a room with like a thousand people um mm-hmm. and one of the coolest things there was with the um director of uh uh, Mushishi and uh, co-director for original fruits baskets. Um, 
whose name I'm blanking on right now because yeah. I did not uh, do my Nagahama. Nagahama, yeah, Hiroshi yeah. Nagahama, who is like the nicest guy, but basically the translator he had was not great. And so in like the first panel of the day, I was kind of like, uh, maybe like this. And they're like, oh yeah, that makes, yeah, that works. Okay. So I basically ended up just kind of like hanging out with like Nagahama and the other, some of the other Japanese guests and pretty much like being a impromptu kind of translator person for them for like pretty much like the whole day. And that was uh super cool. I feel like and, that uh, happened at least a yeah. chunk of 08 when I was up visiting y'all for another friend's wedding. Maybe it was there. My, my years might be like, slight, but it's, least, it was I one of those, but you ended up like roughly yeah. translating for Nagahama while he was doing autographs way past his scheduled end time. Okay. So that maybe that was 2008, but, uh, either way that was, uh, it was super cool. And it was a, a good usage of my spending year pretty much just, speaking Japanese and I wasn't making boat talk. <laughs> so that's me. It always uh, kind of makes me sad when you go to these conventions where there's like a major guest and yeah, they've got like, you know, I know a room full of like 30 people. And especially when the room is, can fill like hundreds. Those hundreds are subsidizing our awesome guests. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, it's just always like, I mean, these are the guys that make the thing that you're here for so like it's just interesting that um... so much of it is panel naming too like if you give even a generic seeming hook for someone who's in a role people don't necessarily get like i remember what was it they had a producer as a guest and they i think it might have been one of the producers for um not somebody's book of friends but i could be wrong and they titled their panel something like how anime is made and it you know filled oh, the yeah. room yeah yeah i remember that I went where to if it was just producer such and such q a it wouldn't have i, I remember because i was the interpreter for that one. Oh yeah that's right that was a good panel though too actually yeah I, I they were really cool guests it was so it was the producer the executive producer who i oh, i wish I, i'm terrible i remember either names um executive producer and director they were both from the same studio and the director was a really old school guy, super nice, soft spoken guy. Um, I have to look it up now because I'm going to go nuts otherwise. Um, uh, but he also was one of his first directors. I think his directorial debut was Hyper Police. And uh, oh, yeah. I remember there was this awesome moment. I, I don't mean to hijack the, the conversation, but just it, it flowed this yeah. way. Um, yeah. If you remember, Mike, a long time ago, you gifted me a super cool Hyperpolis like art book because you knew I was a hardcore fan of it, and Hyperpolis stuff's hard to find. And, I had completely forgotten I had done that, honestly. And <laughs> I, I happened to be doing... Um, some homework on my guests because usually I, I like to do that if I'm not super familiar with them. And then... Um, oh, Takahiro Omori. That's his, oh yeah, I just found this. That's a photo from Fandome that they took. Yeah, Omori-san. And um, he, he, I happened to see that he directed Hyper Police. I'm like, really? And I'm, so I'm flipping through the art book, and at the back they have like a whole section about staff. And maybe like the tenth to last page, there's a photo of the 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 animation team, and there he is on the upper left hand corner. And so when I pulled that thing out and I showed him the photo, he was so like shocked that somebody. A even knew what hyperpolice was in the U.S. and B that <laughs> of all those people, I you know I his interpreter happened to be one of those. And he was just admiring that book and the producer that was with us. She just 
kind of looked at me with a look of shock. She's like, Nick, I thought you were like this really proper professional guy, but you're just like a hardcore otaku, aren't you? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. A so. professional hardcore otaku. Yes. Shinjuku Kemono Machi. Yeah, the, that's a thing that I wouldn't mind seeing more of at cons is director and producer for the same title doing, like, retrospective panels. Because I also saw her, a really good one at PMX. It must have been, like, 2013, give or take. It was sometime early to mid last decade because PMX kind of fell apart after that. But um, it was Izabuchi who was the director of all sorts of things, including um, ah, Razafon. Ah, yeah. Did I say Izabuchi? I meant Imagawa. Yep. Ah, okay. The director of Giant Robo and all sorts of other stuff, but in this case... Mazen uh, Kaiser Skald, along with um, the person who had been acting for Bandai and like doing the toy designing, um, the toy designer for Power Rangers. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Who, like, I have fan art by him of Leiji Matsumoto characters because that was <laughs> like he had this big menu of things he would draw. It was all sorts of different mecha, and then there was on one line, Leiji Matsumoto characters, so I had to ask. <laughs> nice. You're talking about the guy, the, the yeah. figure designer? the. Mm-hmm. So what was this panel for? Uh, for Mazen Kaiser Skull, Tsuyoshi Nanaka, that's the Power Rangers guy, who I guess had had a production role and was, you know, into toy and mecha design and things, but Anyway, so he had the, I guess this OVA had kind of, uh, you know, rocky production. I honestly haven't seen it, but it was interesting hearing about, you know, the business perspective from Nonaka and the, but I want it to be cool and art side from Imagawa. Just like, you could tell that it was just, I want more conflict like that in panels. Sorry for the long question. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's what this is all about, right? Just share your cool memories about stuff. Um, those are definitely good. When you have like more than one um, person up there uh, in the industry, or even especially if they're on the been on the same production, like it's definitely leads leads to a more uh, interesting dynamic up there. Where they'll yeah, they'll do those things, or they'll reminisce, or they'll talk about things, or like you get the ones where somebody will say oh you guys do that oh wow that's weird we don't we do it this other way like um mm-hmm. i i know yeah. that's happened a number of times in panels yeah just in general when you can slice or dice the guests across like productions they've been in or different roles they've had in common i do like those multi-guest panels that usually provide something more for the guests to talk about than the awkward questions from the audience <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes yeah by which I mean questions from the audience consisting of people, not mostly my co-podcast hosts. Yeah. You ask the complicated, annoying, researched questions. 
the wor- the worst questions. I, I don't mean to uh, hate on people who ask these skins because they're all just come from love, anyways. But like <laughs> when the people ask about something that the person didn't work on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, those are yeah. Those oh, that's are the, the best. Oh, friends. those are the best questions. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. It's so good. They're like, it's like asking on her. So, so can you tell me about uh, what you did for Ghost in the Shell? <laughs> Uh, nothing. Yeah. I didn't work on that. Okay, next question. Uh, what's the other one that that happens? Is uh, oh, they'll ask questions about like uh, like English voice actors. Like, why did you choose so and so to do the voice for for Shinji or whatever? And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I have no control over that. I don't know. No, yeah. some some of the most embarrassing for me is when like, I have a, a if I have a, like a, a guest of honor that I'm working. I'm interpreting for and they're an artist or, uh, you know, uh, or, or they, they've done art in the past and somebody comes and says, can you draw this character, but in this other person's <laughs> style? And I'm like, oh, oh no, no, um, Ouch. I don't know. Maybe this they're just like, I distinctly remember specifically it was, I can't, it was Fanime 2012 or 13. Um, I was, uh, Kia Asamiya was the GOH I was interpreting for and, for those that don't know, he's done quite a lot. Um, but he, you know, was, uh, let's see, he created, um, why am I blanking now? Silent Mobius. Silent Mobius, thank you. Um, that's that's his one of his older works. He also did uh, Dark, Dark Angel, Angel comic mm-hmm. for the U.S. Yeah, and then he also did um, Steam Detectives, thank you. I was trying to think of the english title oh, uh he was right. that's there, that's the that big one memorable that was the big one for me but um <laughs> also he was the original manga uh mangaka for uh nadesco and that was one of the uh, bigger yeah. oh yeah that was one of the bigger like requests that people said, oh can you draw rudy from nadesco because that's everybody's waifu and one person came and said oh could you draw rudy but in um and oh, who was the anime character designer? Why am I blanking? Keiji Goto. Keiji Goto. And Keiji Goto was done. He's like, and he, and he laughed. And he's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Go, and then he actually, because he knows Keiji Goto really. He's like, oh God, Goto-kun's eyes are so hard to draw, but I'll try my best. And he actually did a really good job. I mean, obviously he's a pro, right? But I was <laughs> thinking like, sport. oh man, how, how, I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, how can people... <laughs> I don't like your style, but can you draw it in this other style that I do like? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess that worked out because like he and Keiji Goto are really good friends, so it, it it worked out. But yeah, that was that was that was pretty bad. So you could get super meta, and be like, "All right, can you draw it like Keiji Goto drawing it like you?" <laughs> oh, I think have I seen something that's that level of meta? I'm not sure, but I'm thinking. Maybe having, was it a Kaisan that had to draw Misty May, which was like, in turn, um, Kenichi Sonoda's take on a Kai's Daikon Bunny Girl, sort of. Oh, wow, that's pretty meta. So, yeah, I feel like I saw something like that. I just was having to reconstruct the layers of meta. Hmm, that's that's (laughs) mind-bending. I think that was that that reminds me saying akai one of the best fanimes for guests was that one year where they basically brought all of the animators from grand yeah, lagan I, yep um that was an amazing year not just yeah. grand lagan they there. brought they brought sadamoto 
Like he was like a super oh, yeah, secret right. tops, and he sure. wasn't even officially gonna do anything. But suddenly they started. They released the floodgates and and let him uh, take part. So yeah, yeah, and that was insane. I remember he wasn't supposed to be signing anything, but then he like hid in a corner behind some tall fans, and you clued me in on that, and so <laughs> that's how I got that. I, had to, I, I, I remember I had it. to yell across the the big ballroom to Sam to get him into that line because uh, <laughs> oh yeah I, I at that point uh, <laughs> you and I brought our our monoliths and yeah mine's still all decked out and all sorts of now former Gynax staffer sketches and, yeah. and stuff it was, that was that was pretty <laughs> yeah. rad yeah that was executives somewhat awkward but by far the most surreal and amazing like. I don't think I will ever see an anime con like event like that again because I'm pretty darn sure there wasn't one before that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that was an event that Fandomy ran for a couple of years, I want to say, and it was super cool. <laughs> oh, you talking about the meet, just the meet the, the, guest, the, meet thing. the guest thing because well, that that was the first guests, one they ever did. I want to say. Well, well like, that was I Yamaga's to party. Run through... Yeah. Yeah, well, there was both Meet the Guests and Meet Gynax, which were separate tickets that we both... I forget how early, Nick, you and I got up to get in line for those, but I know it was early, yeah. I remember I got up at 5 a.m., lumbered into downstairs to the convention center, and I ate the world's most disgusting power bar in that line. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but it was worth it. Hell yeah, I'd do it again in yeah. RP. For I I vaguely remember those types of events. For those sorts of things, like these days, I'll I'll air quote it. These days, are those still just like you have to get there early, or are they like tickets for it sale, or does that kind of like on depend convention. on I the know convention? A lot of conventions are aiming for you know higher tiers of ticket sales that get you AX. certain bonuses. Anime <laughs> has always avoided that pretty much, which means they have tended to try and come up with ways to give out meet the guest tickets that don't involve either huge lineups or people paying money and it always ends up awkward but somehow i managed to go to it more years than not there's never there's usually not as much interest in it for the you know like we were talking about earlier with people not being as interested in the japanese guests so it's i don't think it's that hard to get tickets when they have them oh i mean it depends because there's like you know, maybe 50 tickets out of the entire size of the con. Yeah, So yeah, true. depending, since usually what they do is give them away to guests of honor to give away at their panels before the event. So usually I've lucked into it by being lucky enough at Rochambeau or being one of the only <laughs> members of the audience who was interested <laughs> in it at a lesser-known <laughs> guest panel, but... At the bigger guest panels, they can be hard to get because you know was, um, they'll have hundreds of people in the audience and only two or four tickets to give away. Did, was was I the only one of us to go to Japan Expo, or Mike? Did you go to Japan Expo any of those years? I went I to was... Japan Expo, Santa Clara, and the fairgrounds. Were those the only two years, or was I there? I think one those year? are the only two. Yeah. That was a, they had a weird way of getting autographs where yeah, like you well, had to get tickets for them the French way. Yeah. Well, that seems to be how other things have gone. Like I think Crunchyroll does their autographs fairly similarly. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not a bad system. Um, actually, I'm just still bitter that they won't let you sign um, your own stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, they did add the Japan Expos that I was at. I've mostly got my own stuff signed there. Oh, I was not. I Well, maybe it's just that uh, the ones, the artists that I went to and the uh, person who was translating. I'm not going to... Uh, name any names here because uh, I don't want to be uh, mean like that but I was trying to get um, an autograph like from the one person there who I thought was really cool and throw him onto the bus yeah well I'll just say it was um, uh, Urobochi was there and I really wanted his autograph and I have this I basically have these little like moleskin books um, and I do get my autographs in those things or sketches or whatever and I've collected these over the years. And yeah, I waited and got my ticket, waited in line, got to the front and I gave it to him to sign. And the translator guy was like, no, no, he can't sign that. Uh, it has to be uh, either like a thing they were selling or they would just give you like a yeah, flyer, I like postcard. They band. had like a preprinted shikishi that was not full thickness that for most of their guests that could get. Yeah, from what was... I remember, because I've still got a bunch of those with no autographs on them. <laughs> I mean, I c- understand where they're coming from because but that's like, the other Sadamoto, really. Sadamoto, I managed to get to sign my Daikon VHS tape because I oh, had no my God. at that point. Jeez, you and must I be had... one of the only people with that in existence. Actually, sorry, the Daikon Betamax tape, and it... no, it's the later <laughs> release. If I had the earlier release. It was Daikon three only. I would be one of the only that had it, but it would pretty be sure priced. they ran off thousands of the VHS and Beta. But autographed by Sadamoto, that most may be three figures. Oh, that one has Sadamoto, Akai, and Yamaga autographs on it. So. Uh, yeah, yours must be one of a kind, Mike. <laughs> like, be close. Has to be. Um, what were you saying, Nick? What was I saying? Um, well, yeah, what did we digress from? Oh, auto- oh so it was... It, that I understand the, um, why uh, they would want like a like a standardized shikshi for um, to have people get autographs on because there were some really uncomfortable moments in some fanime um, autograph lines. So uh, to make it clear, when I... When I interpret for guests of honor i'm basically also their handler so i'm basically with them the entire time during like daylight hours at the convention so i'm also with them during their autograph sessions which is fine because they need an interpreter for that because obviously they do a little bit of small talk with the people they're trying to be reach out to the fans it's great what's not great is when you're again your guest of honor is an artist and somebody shows up um with a print or a poster that is one not drawn by them, so it's basically fan <laughs> art of the of uh-huh. the series they worked on, or it's very obviously a bootleg yeah. piece of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I just grit my teeth because my job isn't to my. It wasn't my job to police that. It was really nobody's job, and that was kind of like a gap they had was they don't have somebody kind of making sure that they're signing, you know, things that they're they're supposed to they have worked on, but. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I can't think of a single time where 
the guest of honor was like, I won't sign this. They usually kind of just mutter. They just chuckled and muttered to me like, ha ha ha. Yeah, I don't, I didn't draw this one for sure. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could tell right away. <laughs> yeah. This isn't your art style. I've told them if you don't want to sign it, I can tell them that they can, um, we had like backup. Um, it wasn't cheek but like, uh, like, uh, eight by 11, like poster card off yeah. to the side. Yeah. So if somebody, if some, for some reason suddenly didn't have something to, you know, have signed, like we'd have like a backup for them as a service. And, I'd mess. Hey, we could use the, you know you could use do this. He's like, no, no, they brought it. I'll I'll go ahead and sign it. N- not once did a GOH reject it, which is just goes to show how you know not yeah. how you know just gracious they are that you know people are lining up. So most of the time they're like they they lined up for this long. I'll be happy to sign whatever they present to me. And I'm like, wow, these people are so gracious. I don't know if I'd be that gracious, but yeah, yeah, I totally understand the like the wanting to prevent the kind of signing let's just say prohibited items um at the same time like if i bring up a, a book and i want you to sign it like i don't know this seems pretty harmless yeah but, especially when it's obviously done by them like hey look their name is on the front of the cover they they worked on this <laughs> like he's sitting right there ask him he well, no, in my cases oh your moleskins yeah oh, well, yeah. yeah 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 where it's just like true, it's just true. a blank piece of paper right you know just sign it it's i don't even i think i i hate to admit this but like i think i threw that thing in the garbage oh no <laughs> they gave me, he was like Oh, you mean, I mean not your Moleskine, not a, the, the thing they gave you? Okay. No, no, no. But yeah, it was just like a a promotional, like, you know, it was like thicker cardstock, but it wasn't like a shikishi gotcha. or like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know exactly I was like, what you're talking about. What yeah, am I going to do with this? I like... <laughs> fits all right into a shikishi frame, assuming you can find one. Uh, it wasn't even that big. It was, I think it was smaller. Well, maybe it was, I don't know. You would probably remember it better than me. <laughs> you guys you guys mind if I, uh, if I do my awesome moment story time because i think i have a story that probably please go ahead that probably only a handful of people have heard before so my favorite i have tons because working gohf anime was really some of the coolest experiences of my life but i would say the single coolest thing i i got to witness and i wasn't even really officially a part of it was for fanime 2010 which was my first official fan like working at a fanime and that was an awesome year because um two of the guests of honor were Daisuke Ishiwatari and uh, Toshimichi Mori, who are the uh, producer and game director for um, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, which are like two of my favorite video games of all time. Daisuke Ishiwatari is like, like I worship the guy. And Wow, forgot about that. And um, that year I was interpreting for Haruko Momoi, who is a super famous vocalist and voice actress as well. And then also one of the guests of honor was um, Mamoru Yokota, who is pretty much one of the best animators on planet Earth. <laughs> who is also a, he's also an incredibly interesting person troll. as well. Yeah, he's a troll. Um, he's a troll. <laughs> but he's also uh, made, it, made a big name in the, uh, in the hentai sphere because he does a lot of, um, worked on a lot of hentai series. And he's famous from like, animating hentai like, very well, apparently. I wouldn't know. But anyway, so the cool thing that probably people don't realize is that at that mo- at that point in time, um, Blaze Blue Cal- Calamity Trigger had released, and while the game was received well, one thing that was kind of mocked about it was its opening animation was pretty subpar. It was done by Gonzo, and I don't know if you remember Sam, but that mm-hmm. opening animated sequence in the original Blaze Blue was not very good. It was, I would say, the animation quality was pretty poor overall, um, yeah, and. So. During this was during the uh, guests. It started during the guests uh, meet the guests thing. Um, it was there was a slight lull, and Yokota started talking with uh, Mori 
Morisan, who's the director for Blaze Blue, and and uh, and and Daisuke, who was the uh, music composer for Blaze Blue, but he's the lead director for Guilty Gear. But you're specifically talking about Blaze Blue because it's a very anime, you know, centered game. And Yokota's like, yeah, I, you know, I've drawn a lot of like doujinshi for this game, and I freaking love the characters. They're really, really awesome. They're like, oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, we know about it because Mori's actually like a giant like super otaku. He's like, yeah, your animation is, like, the best. Honestly, like, if we could get you to animate stuff for our game, it would be a dream come true. And Yoko's like, I'll totally do it. And I'm listening <laughs> to this, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I honestly, like, just literally, here's my number, here's my contact info. Just hit me up when we get back <laughs> to Japan. And no no joke, uh, when Blaze Blue Continuum Shift, which was the follow-up game to Calamity Trigger, came out, I want to say it was, like, a year or two later, the animated, the opening animation was key animated by none other than Mamoru Yokota and it was one of the most beautiful <laughs> game animated openings I've ever seen I'm like I remember them talking about this and it clicked I'm like wow I actually got to see this happen like in real time it was unreal to see awesome. how casual it was like and how just these two guys who are basically just fans of each other's work suddenly were like I like I like the way you draw stuff oh I like the stuff that you want me to draw hey let's work together boom done just like that and yeah, so yeah. That's, that's probably awesome. one of my favorite moments in FanimeCon uh, and AnimeCons in general. Um, that's probably a story that very few people really know about because it was kind of inferred, but no, no, no the story was nobody was really ever there to like document it. And obviously, you know, I'm not like chron- I'm not a chronicler or anything, but I, you know, I listened to what happened in real time, which is pretty rad. So yeah, that's probably my like one of my probably out of dozens, probably one of the highest like placing memories. In uh, in any anime con that I've got to go to, I think it's it's uh, interesting. Like if you hang around the guests enough, you kind of see how much yeah they 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 get a lot of networking done at these conventions. Right? Absolutely, like meeting with all kinds of people and all the other guests, they're always exchanging business cards and all that stuff. Yeah, so, same yeah. same anime con. Uh, one of the other one of the big time guests of honor, if that was not Japanese, was uh, Ruben Langdon who's a big-time um, English VA, and most notably, he was uh, Dante in Devil May Cry. Uh, at that point in time, that was his biggest thing. And at that point, he actually was pivoting into like acting and stunt stunt stuff in movies. I think he was, at that point, busy filming Avatar, because he was actually a stuntman in Avatar. But um, hmm. when I remember when Daisuke and Morty met him, they, you know, he spoke Japanese very well because he actually went to Japan a lot since he you know worked did a lot of Devil May Cry and went and they recorded a lot of the Devil May Cry stuff in Japan. He he learned Japanese. He was actually very good at Japanese, and he was talking to them about some side business he was running. And Morty was me like, "Wait, you're Dante?" And he's like, "Yeah, I voice Dante." And he's like, "He's like," and he goes he goes to Daisuke. He calls him Daichan. That's his nickname. He goes, "Daichan, Daichan." It's that's Dante. That's this guy's freaking Dante. And they both are like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Oh, this is." It's wild to me that these two guys who make <laughs> games that I absolutely worship are just starstruck by the guy that voices Dante Delvin May Cry. It's just like, man, what a what a fascinating industry this is. It's so cool. They're they're just normal people too, and I love that. Yeah. Um. I will, yeah. Daisuke Shibatari is one of the most grounded people, like grounded, super creative people I've ever seen. Like that guy does everything. He composes awesome music. He draws amazing art. He, you know, makes great video games. Like he's incredibly multi-talented. I know he's he's memed on a lot right now because Guilty Gear Strive is a very different game. But you know, nonetheless, I think the the guy's pretty, pretty uh, amazing. 
And then while yeah. while we're at it, I don't I I, I will say the one kind of I, ne it's a negative experience in that it was a really awful situation that was nobody's fault, but it was actually tied in with um, the same anime was. I happened to uh, volunteer to work the autograph session for uh, for Daisuke and Mori, and with, you know, obviously, a lot of people there were Guilty Gear fans, and so there was a guy that was cosplaying as uh, as as Order Soul from one of the Guilty Gear games, and he was gonna have Daisuke autograph his like prop sword, and as he's walking up, he starts to kind of convulse and behave very oddly, and you know, I was like, uh, you okay, dude? And he collapses onto the floor, and I'm like, holy crap! And apparently, the guy had a minor seizure like, on the spot. Oh. And fortunately for us, um, hotel staff was right by the door, so I, I waved them in. They got the guy a chair. They called in con um, medical staff, and they were talking to him. I, the guy had never experienced that before, so, you know, they were just talking to him, but he was okay, fortunately, but yeah, it, that scared everybody for several minutes. It was yeah. probably, like, a, a good 20 minutes of people just being, whoa, what the, what's going on? But fortunately, he seemed okay, and he got his autograph, and, uh, and uh, yeah, Daisuke was super worried about him. He's like, "Is he okay?" I'm like, "I think he's fine." He's he, he says that he's he's fine. He's gonna go back to his hotel room and get some rest. And he's like, "Okay." He has friends with him. He's like, "I'm like, yeah." He he said his friends are coming to pick him up. And he's like, "Okay, good." So that was kind of a terrible situation that fortunately didn't turn out um, worse. Is is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, <laughs> that's good. Happily ever after. Um, all right. Well, so we're kind of around the end here so um you guys have any final con thoughts you want to bestow upon us uh nick or how about mike let's see mike you got anything uh not that i can distill down into final thoughts we've probably got at least another episode here at the rate i'm going <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we have infinite con stories between us i'm sure um dylan anything well i have a question which is should I, having not gone to con in a long time, like, should I consider trying to take time and vacation and money and whatever and go to a con? Like, you know, I'll say probably not this year because I'm all booked up on stuff, but like next year, is that a thing that I should look at? That depends what you're mm. into. <laughs> well, I'm into the same stuff and same stuff the rest of you. Knowing, knowing you, I would say until Japanese guests um, start being okay yeah. with flying back flying into the states for cons i would probably say don't bother i mean you can look yeah look at the guest list and then look at the covid policies and see if those two things align with your uh likes and i mean it sounds like the cons are booming back so um they're not going anywhere yeah, from and, what i heard anime boston was pretty much like a normal year like they didn't have the massive programming cuts that both fanime and anime central did for whatever various reasons. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's pretty much what I want. Because there, there's a bunch of stuff I'm kind of reminded of, like, oh, yeah, and, like, you know, I'm older and have money now, so I could probably actually get, like, a reasonable <laughs> hotel room somewhere nearby and be like, yeah, I can just sit here and I can uh, buy whatever I want to within reason and, you know, don't go too crazy at the uh, the auction house, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. man, we can Stories do a whole episode. We can do a whole episode on uh, yeah. con art auctions. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, all right, Nick. Any final thoughts? Um, 
No, I think I, I've I've said enough. Um, I I I miss going to to Fanime. I would really like to go, even without guests. I would I would have liked to have gone this year just to catch up with you know old friends. At this point, I don't think I'd yeah. be interested in staffing anymore. I feel like that takes <laughs> yes. a lot of energy that I no longer really have. Unless it would have to be one doozy of a guest. I I can't even think mm-hmm. of who, of a particular ind- individual that would. No, you know, I can't think of one. If they could get Togashi to show up, which they won't because that guy's <laughs> yeah, crippled. No. <laughs> um, for, he's the author for Hunter x Hunter. Um, I, would, I would unretire just for him, but I, he's not coming to the States. He can barely, you know, sit up long enough to draw art. So, um, But yeah, other than that, I'd I just like to be a regular attendee again and hang out with friends and not have to, you know, sardine can seven in a room because... <laughs> yes. Have, yeah, have it's the so much nicer to, to actually so. have one bed per person, give or take. Cool. Well, someday, hopefully, we will all be at a con together. Um, yes. And with that, um, I, I don't think we've nailed down our next episode yet, um, so I don't want to give any false hopes there. Uh, so for now, uh, this is AMO Kenzoku uh, signing off. Sarah Bob.